Hey, it's seven minutes after nine o'clock. Brian, uh, can you get that old uh, uh, Beach Boys uh, tune, uh, Help Me, Rhonda? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, because... I don't think Chuck's coming back after this. Uh, well, we're t I'm trying to help him. I, I, I'm legitimately trying to help him. I have a vision in three weeks I'm going to be saying, where in the heck are my car keys? <laughs> <laughs> my house, my wife, yeah. my whole thing. All right. Uh, Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com is in, and so is Garson. You got to repeat that line to her. <laughs> is she listening today? Do you know? She is. All right, I well, believe so. Rhonda, uh, I just want you to know that Chuck uh, dedicated that song to you because he thinks you're such a fabulous wife, I such do. a wonderful woman, and he's buying this uh, flamethrower. <laughs> just. Uh, I just threw that in as a, a kind of an aside. It is. Uh, please explain cool. uh, what he is bringing home to his bride. So this is Exothermic Technologies Pulse Fire UBF. So this is an under-barrel flamethrower. I so can mount that to my AR-15? You can mount it to any <laughs> firearm that has a Picatinny bottom rail on the handguard. <laughs> so not, yeah, like one of, their, one of their demo videos has it mounted to the bottom of a Scorpion 9mm rifle. So, yeah, anything anything with a Picatinny rail. And then they also have a handle that uh, snaps into the Picatinny rail so you can use it without a firearm attached to it uh, if you're, you know, out melting your driveway or burning down a field, uh, doing a controlled burn or something. So this tank looks like it's about uh, a third of a gallon, maybe? Maybe a half gallon? No, I don't think it's a half. Maybe a third. Yeah. But so there's an extension tank, right? 20, 20 seconds of fire out of this bad boy. Uh, and they have a 3.3-gallon tank that you now, can buy that's a backpack, and that gives you four minutes of fire. Now we're talking. So you can really, yeah, you're... you're. All right, now suppose I had rural farmland, and uh, there was a strip between my property and the neighbor's property uh, where I wanted to kill everything so it wouldn't yeah, grow chemi over. Yeah, chemicals are dangerous, so you yeah. want to burn that down. Control burns I are... I could use this. Yes. This would be a great farm tool then. Yeah, they they have video of that. They're doing a controlled burn here in one of their videos on their website. What if it was uh, a freezing night uh, and there was water on the ground and the sidewalk was icy and I wanted my wife Rhonda to be able to walk out the door safely uh, and not slip and fall? Could I use that to melt the ice? Toast it right up. That's why I bought her golf shoes so she wouldn't slip. <laughs> <laughs> She's scraping the windows off. Well... Wow, that is neat. What I really like about this is the price. Yeah, uh, so the manufacturer's running a sale right now. Uh, their MSRP for this is six thirty. The manufacturer is selling them for five ten. Um, we've got them marked at the shop for four forty. Four forty. Yep. You buy that for four hundred forty bucks right now. No paperwork because it's not a gun. Yeah, and you got <laughs> one here. You got one right now down at Graffs in in uh, Mexico, Missouri. And you can get your hands on as many of them as, as is needed. Yeah, I'm going to have more in a couple days. Wow. Truly amazing. And, and the funny thing is, I have been infatuated with flamethrowers. <laughs> and I'm not a fire nut, but I've been infatuated with flamethrowers for a long time. And I, my good friend Todd Burke teaches classes for every conceivable, you know, tactical shotgun, long-range precision rifle, shooting after dark. And I've always said, you know, the one thing you don't teach is 
you know, flamethrowers 101. And he said, if you get one, I will teach it. And I was like, okay, this is it. Okay, so, so you're pretty get, much obligated to buy one now. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I feel like yeah, I should. So and, now you're out the two that you have. Yeah, it sounds like it. You're going to have to order I'll, more. I'll have to call the shop and have them get some more on order. I think my dentist will understand if I can't pay his bill because I bought a flamethrower <laughs> yeah. with an extension backpack. Oh, yeah. How much is the extension backpack? The backpacks were 300 bucks. Uh, imagine you could you could really... Uh, I Here's the... They're all three of us. I guess all four of us because I'm betting that, that uh, uh, you, would, you, Garson, would like one too. I have absolutely no use for it. I'd have... No use at all. At least, at least, at least, Chuck can say, "Well, I, I can use it to clear that piece of the field uh, on the farm." But I have no need for it. But it would look so good on the pegboard, you know, in your shop. It would look good on my back. The well, thing on my on, back and on your AR. I mean, I a, a flamethrower attachment. Come on, how how can you not? It's just. I just want to see the neighbor's reaction as you're clearing <laughs> your driveway. <laughs> well, from attached, <laughs> attached to the AR-15. Yes. Carson had a video in there with a the guy out doing his driveway, and he's smoking a cigar at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get that? He had a bathrobe on, didn't he? He had a bathrobe, yeah. He just he just didn't have the RV and the and the hat. Now, <laughs> uh, if you're an environmentalist who is concerned about CO2. I want you to know that this is an electronic ignition. It's not, you know, you don't have to light a pilot, strike a match. It's There's no CO2 on the pilot. Rechargeable batteries, even. Comes oh, with a charger, yeah. Perfect. You can make China rich. Charge it off uh, your by Tesla. Buying the, yeah. And this is the smaller version. They have the LRT, which is a, a larger one. Oh, no. They have a bigger one, and you didn't bring? Well, those are 630, and well, they're, not, they're not currently on sale. So how long do they go on a gallon of gas? Let's see. But still, those prices. I'd say judging I, by the size of the tank difference between this one and that one, maybe a minute. I don't, I have, I can't, I wish I could come up with an excuse for buying it. I, it just is that neat. Yeah. Well, and, and this thing looks yeah. like a, like something out of Star Trek. Or aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. dual fuel. Quinn, <laughs> uh, uh, something happened to the cat out in the backyard. Gary, <laughs> Gary would come walking in with a cigar. Fricasseed cat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> it sure would be. <laughs> Oh. oh, I'm in so much trouble. Well, you and I are both in trouble now. <laughs> all oh, right. Man. Now, you may think that all he did was, uh, that all Garson did from Graf's is bring in a flamethrower. Because we spent like 15 minutes talking about it. But, oh, nay, nay, Perlene. <laughs> he brought in more. And we'll talk about the more in just a minute. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. Yeah, we're all here. Well, no, I'm all here. Garson's not all there. Uh, actually, he is. I have to say that because he's he's carrying a revolver this about the size of Iowa. Dale Roberts is in MoGunLaw.com. Chuck Basie is in, uh, new owner of a flamethrower. Uh, tell us about the uh, revolver here because this well, is... this is a smaller flamethrower. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's questionable, really. Because this is Colt's six-inch forty-four Magnum Anaconda, uh, all stainless steel. Um, so this is not an original Anaconda. This is the new Anaconda, but you know, they're doing their quality control on these is 
is still super high. It uh, the the matte finish. I don't like it as much as their older finishes, especially their their high polish blue. But for a functional gun, um, this is definitely going to be you know a workhorse. It's uh, not it's got a good this, concealed carry weapon. No, no not that, ideal for that. I mean, <laughs> not not unless you're a detective in San Francisco. Yeah, but you're dirty um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah it it you know Colt's quality standards are there. It's smooth. They've got the uh, the linear. Um, actions leaf spraying on there, so the the trigger is just smooth as all get out. It breaks clean and, clean and crisp, and you know it's it's a forty four magnum revolver. You can't ask for much more than that. Oh, that is that is it. Really is nice, uh, and you know with the weight with the heft of this thing, those grips feel really good. They're nice and yeah, that's a hook grip. Uh, it's got a an orange insert on the front sight. Um, they also have an eight inch available. We have another one of those in the shop as well. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, I was a little playing with the gun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just just an awesome gun, and your chance at an affordable Colt Snake Series revolver. Um, as you know, '60s and '70s models are you know multi thousand dollars in even in poor condition. So um, really glad Colt decided to come back out with these revolvers again after you know, 25, 30 years of not making them. Well, no, heck, it's, yeah, 35, 40 years now of them being out of production. That is it's some a beautiful gun. They have a three fifty seven. they call a python. Is that yeah, correct? the python's in three fifty seven, and they've do, they're doing that in a bunch of different barrel lengths. Very yeah, nice. We have, we have a few pythons in stock Very nice as well. Yeah. Um, no king cobras yet, but um, maybe, maybe soon, maybe someday. Maybe soon, maybe someday. What's the price break on that? Because that is a fabulous. Gun. Um, we got this at fifteen hundred bucks. For that, for what it is, that's a hell of a price. Yeah, I mean, and comparatively, revolvers are expensive to make. Um, you know, Smith's prices have been jumping up and jumping up, so it's it's really not unreasonable for for the size and class of revolver you're getting. Chuck, what do you think? You might I don't know it's that. Got a, just got a warning. It's got a warning label on it. It's kind of scary. It says you risk injury or death by handling this firearm. <laughs> just, just by oh, handling wow. it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? He probably had to hire a lawyer to come up with that statement. Yeah. Good. No offense, Dale. No. no offense. They should have lots of lawyers. Yeah, I was I was talking about this in the weekday show. Every once in a while, it it, it dawns on me that even attorneys don't read the uh, read this agreement thing. Oh, oh yeah, the, <laughs> you get a, we're, we're, you know you, you get an end iPhone. user license agreements. Yeah, who reads them? They're they're like thirty seven pages long, in print that is exceedingly small, and you you think, oh, hell with it, and you just hit agree. Well, and in in most cases, it's something that I don't feel like I have. I mean, the software or whatever the item is, it's something that I need. And I either have to agree with their terms or do without. Yeah, and, but the and, trick is to know what their terms well, are, and we don't. None of us know. And I wonder if that isn't a bit of a problem. I know this has nothing to do with guns, but I wonder if that isn't a bit of a problem legally down the road if you, you know, violate their rule and you say, well, no, nobody would reasonably read all of that print. Uh, and they must know that. And they South, must know that we just hit agree. South Park did a very funny episode on people not reading terms and conditions. Yeah. It was it was quite funny. 
Well, I don't know. I, I talked to uh, two friends of mine who are lawyers, and, and I'm asking you. You're an attorney. You don't read them either? Rarely. Once in the blue moon, I may think I should read this because of what the software is or something. But as I said, I, you know, even after I look at it, I go, well, I, I need this piece of software. I, need, I have to have it. I'm just going to have to live with whatever they've said they can you know, take my firstborn. Or Those companies have to know that nobody reads them because oh, they're yeah. so long. Oh, and yeah. so essentially yeah, they're I, useless. I can't I've imagine. started reading them with the best of intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Fell asleep. <laughs> Page two, out like a light. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, 874-9390, the toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, those are two uh, uh, products that will be available at uh, Graphs, and that is the only one of those you have? That there's, another, there's another there's one. There's another one of those, there, too. There is another. You know, he's getting better at this. Yes. After eight years, he now brings in uh, products that are still in the store. Uh, availability is getting better. Not just the one that he bought. Right. Hey, yeah, and that's the other thing he does. You're right. He'll bring it in, and it'll be... Uh, well, you can't have this one. I bought it yesterday. Yeah. Like, well, thank you. That's like giving me a raise before you fire me so I <laughs> well, lose a better well, that, job. That's why this is the first time I brought this in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Did you guys see that um, there's a judge that decided that you don't have a constitutional right to buy a firearm? What country is he a judge in? Uh, yeah. Brian, is, this he, one, is, is he in Illinois? I can't remember. I can't remember. It's in this country, and he said, you don't have a right to buy a firearm. I thought they it tried was Colorado. So Colorado. Basically, he made it mandatory that we make all of our own firearms. Apparently. Could be. Perfect. Or steal them. Oh, yeah, I guess you, you know, could. You don't, you don't buy them. Might as well steal them. From the Army. <laughs> but I thought that there was a case similar to this in California, or, or was it Illinois, where they tried to uh, make... Purchasing ammunition and uh, other accoutrements for for firearms, um, just out of reach, uh, and and the court said no, you can't do that. I don't I don't remember the details of that yeah. case. It goes back many many years ago, but it seems to me if you have a right to own and bear arms, you can only own an arm firearm but, that you bought. I mean, I I can sort of see where they. You know, you look to see what the Constitution says you have a right to, and the right says you have the right to keep and bear arms. You can make your own, although that seems to be a problem lately with the ATF rules. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not sure about saying you have a right to buy a specific item. Like, I don't think we have a constitutional right to buy beef. Or, well, the well government it's not a... Okay. But the government doesn't have a right to stop you from buying beef. No, absolutely. Any more than they should have the right to stop you from buying a firearm. I think I should take this to the Supreme Court. I think I'm qualified now. Now, if I stump Dale for even a minute, I, <laughs> I'm do. ready to go to the... Go for it. Yeah. Well, it does say keep and keep and bear, not acquire. Yeah. So, you know. But you can't keep what you can't acquire. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the problem. I, I've. It, it's just... It's a dumb argument based on, you know, playing with words is basically what it is. But, you know, the left is so damn desperate that True. they'll go to this extreme anything. They'll, they're just throwing anything and everything against the wall, hoping it sticks. And this is the first time I've seen uh, anybody try to make that argument. 
Well, and that's the, you know, that's part of the big part of the problem with what the administration is doing in the, in the courts have identified it, that they're changing definitions. Um, and they're basically, you know, it's an all out war. The, the article that I was referring to earlier on, uh, how many eight, uh, FFL licenses the ATF is revoking or people are in quotes voluntarily surrendering, um, that went up from like 29 one year to 150 the next year to 300 so far this year, and they hoped that to take 600 is just one prong of the administration's efforts to suppress gun rights. Should it be? A, I mean, doesn't it sound peculiar to have a goal of shutting down 600? It's like saying we have a goal to write 50 speeding tickets today. Yes, I agree. And especially when they're. Um, you know, they're not going after their express goal is, is not, we're going to, we need to go after straw purchases or people who are selling guns to felons. They're going after people who make a mistake in their paperwork. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, let, let's catch 600 terrorists crossing the Southern border. That would be a better use of their time. Did you see yeah. where Israel wanted to buy, um, Fully automatic, uh, 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 I was going to say assault rifles, but the air, uh, the... the um, M-16s? M-16s. And the Biden administration said, you can buy them, but you can't give them to the citizens who are grossly outnumbered by the Palestinians in Israel. You can give them to the people. Well, but I think they said the reason for that is we need to ship them to the people in Afghanistan, the Taliban, the people that we give weapons to there when we leave. There's a shortage. It's been so yeah. long. Um, but yeah, Did you mean I, outnumbered or outgunned? Outnumbered. There, I can't. Remember, I think it's uh, near um, the northern uh, tip of the Gaza Strip by Lebanon, uh, and and I think that's where they were destined to to give them. But I think it's like thousands of Palestinians and, and literally hundreds of Israelis. It's ah. just a huge oh, yeah. number. And the, the administration said you can buy them, but you can't give them to those vulnerable people. Like, right. But, it's, it's insane. And I, I'm surprised. It seems like, I don't know what, uh, it seems like Israel could be buying them from Germany. You know, from H&K or from other companies, uh, that doesn't excuse the Biden administration putting those kind of conditions on on a sale for people who are being slaughtered. Um, Just proves how but, anti-gun they are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. We're not anti-commercial. Oh, nay, nay, Perlene. So we're going to play some, and then we're going to come back, and uh, you get more of Carson and Chuck and Dale. And fun throwers. And what? And flamethrowers. And flamethrowers. No, well, one of them is sold. I'm Gary Ungun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. No Garson. He's, I think he's going to get a hold of himself. He'll be, he'll be back in here. He just had to kind of regroup. Uh, Chuck Basie is with us, former state representative and a Second Amendment supporter. So is Dale Roberts, MoGunLaw.com. Brian Hansen is engineering, and I, of course, am your host, your equal opportunity annoyer. And you've got some suggestions that you've run across uh, for fixing... Biden's gun laws. The uh, Second Amendment Foundation 
published an article entitled How to Fix the Damage Joe Biden Has Done to the Second Amendment. Um, and, of course, they premise this with, well, first of all, it depends on who the next administration is. Um, because if it's an administration that doesn't support the Second Amendment, we're really in trouble. That would be Trump. Well, <laughs> you mean who doesn't support? Yeah. Or well, he, Didn't he go after he bump did, stocks? He did do the he bump did. stock ban. He did. Um, but their recommendations, and I, so the first one, fire ATF Director Steve Dettelbach. Um, their words, Dettelbach lied under oath when he told the Senate Confirmation Committee that he would not use the power of his office to lobby for new laws or regulations. However, recently, Dettelbach has called for banning, quote, assault weapons, close quotes, which during the Senate Confirmation hearing, he could not define. Yeah. He, he, he was just... Clueless. Quiet, quiet as a church mouse. He wanted Congress to define. Uh, yeah, you define. Weapon. Yeah. Uh, I don't care which. You, if you had a brick in your hand, it could be an assault brick, depending on how you handle the brick. Sure. So, And, and he also wants to ban. He now uh, states that we need to ban standard capacity uh, magazines. I mean, they have to be, you know, like five round or something of that sort. So. Um, and then SAF goes on to say that the ATF ignores requests made under Freedom of Information Act, um, which I have to look into. I hadn't heard about that before. Um, their second thought is disband the White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. Biden created the White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention about two months ago to reduce gun violence, in quotes. Um, the goals include, here we go again, banning assault weapons banning standard capacity magazines, safe storage laws, universal background checks, uh, elimination of the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, um, red flag laws. Uh, and that's, of course, a taxpayer-supported office with goals to strip away Second Amendment rights, civil rights of millions of Americans. His third, Their third suggestion, disarm, and you can jump in anywhere if you think I'm these are good or bad, but uh, the third one they have is disarm and downsize the ATF. Um, the ATF's original role was to trace firearms that have been used in the commission of a crime. Uh, Doesn't the FBI do that now? Uh, well, I think it goes to the NICS program, which is run by the FBI, although... When I worked, Nix doesn't do tracing. It is back the, to the ATF. They'll they'll contact FFLs, but the rest of the investigation once once they found out where it was disposed of to a person, then I believe it goes to local law enforcement or whatever agency generated their quest. Okay, is it wouldn't it, wouldn't it be just kind of a, a a wonderful feeling to call to Washington all the uh, ATF agents and tell them they're fired. I mean, wouldn't it be just fun to, all you gun-grabbing sons of, you're out of here. And so, the interesting thing is, we were talking earlier about these teenagers who are buying, uh, I guess they're about $30 uh, Glock switches to make their Glocks fully automatic. Um, that problem doesn't seem to have been addressed yet. However, as this article notes, uh, the ATF has SWAT teams which are barnstorming the country and uh, going after FFLs for, again, you know, not 
violations of selling guns to felons, but going after FFLs uh, for basically bookkeeping errors and things of that sort. Well, you know, they're sending agents after people with FRT triggers. Yeah. So why aren't they sending people after ATF agents after these people with, with switches? With full auto. Because there's enough of them on the Internet giving themselves away. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They could spend five years doing that. Yep. Uh, so then their fourth recommendation, create a church-style committee to investigate the ATF. And when they say church, uh, they're referring to the yeah. church committee um, in Congress that was created in 1975 to investigate abuses by the CIA, NSA, FBI, and IRS. And that committee found a massive amount of wrongdoing and published you know, voluminous reports on that and uh, pushed for changes and corrections. Um, and... Uh, you know, they, they suggest that outside the gun community, ATF's crimes are not well known since the media, most media won't report on these issues. Um, but a select Senate committee is one way to get to the truth. And it's something that, uh, you know, they couldn't easily dodge. Um, they go on to say, as number five, the DOJ should investigate uh, Second Amendment violations um, and specifically, the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice already investigates and prosecutes other violations of federal laws, and they could easily do so for Second Amendment violations. And the interesting thing here is the Civil Rights Division is, is a special litigation section, um, which has never lost a case. Now, you know, as an attorney, I, I can just refuse to take a case that I might not win, and so you know, control my record, but still there, it's a pretty powerful group. Um, anyway, I'll go through the rest of these. They, number six, stop defending ATF unconstitutional regulate regulations. Well, that would be just about all of them, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. In, in very large part. And as I've said repeatedly on the show, the ATF is losing in courtrooms all across the country, but taxpayers are paying, uh, to, for the government to defend regulations that the courts keep finding to be unconstitutional. So we're paying, you know, twice. We pay to fight it and we pay to defend it. Um, they go on to say, number seven, audit the civil rights groups that receive taxpayer dollars. Again, something I didn't know about. The SAF alleges that the Giffords group, Brady group, and other anti-civil rights groups receive millions of dollars of tax, uh, millions of taxpayer dollars. Um, especially post-pandemic. Well, it's only fair because the NRA gets that kind of money. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I forget about oh, all the oh, taxpayers. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. I'm wrong. I, uh, they don't yeah, get they, any they money. They don't get a penny. No. Um, exactly. Um, and then number eight, rescind Biden's executive orders. This makes me crazy. Er, um, <laughs> On July 11th of 22, the White House issued 21 executive orders that they claimed would reduce gun violence. I like to look at gun violence from from uh, the past couple of years and see how successful they've been. Um, but those executive orders, you know, push for things like uh, red flag laws and providing federal funds to states that enact red flag laws and not to other state states. And then last March, the White House released another list of executive orders. So. Obviously, the, uh, the SAF, the Second Amendment Foundation, is saying we need to rescind; those need to be rescinded by the next administration. 
Number nine, moratorium on all FFL revocations. We talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, number 10, review, go back and review all those revocations that have taken place where the ATF has changed the meaning of the word willful and then promised zero tolerance for violations, even when the violation is, uh, by their definition, willful being uh, you know, a spelling error or whatever. So those are the, was that 10, I think? The, yeah, I don't think anybody disagreed with uh, with any of those. Um, but, you know, how long after the uh, ATF, you know, decides to go after a gun dealer, an FFL dealer, how long after that are they out of business? That I don't know. I mean, that, and I'd love to know, it's interesting that they talk about uh, ATF refusing to answer sunshine requests um, because, or freedom of information requests on the federal level, um, because when they cite the numbers about, you know, 29 FFLs revoked or, or voluntarily surrendered in 21, 157 in 22, 292 in the first six months of this year, and the goal of 600, I'd like to know the reason justification for all those revocations and voluntary surrender of licenses i'd like to know why they have a numeric goal yeah well, that's the that one too. that uh, that really yeah. bothers me why why would you have a, a numeric goal uh that that means you're you're not so much interested in following the law protecting lives saving people you're interested in gun control and period just an artificial number of people who should be revoked and out of business exactly. all right up against the clock, we're going to be back to wrap it up. It's Gary on Guns on Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. It is uh, 49 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Dale Roberts in MoGunLaw.com. Chuck Basie, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. And, of course, we got Garson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Worth a short ride because you guys got everything down there. And a lot of it. If <laughs> You brought a lot of it with you. Uh, all right, so during the break, we were chatting about um, the uh, the ATF and the weapons that they see showing up. And you said they show up, they're showing up in Mexico? But there was a report a couple of years ago about weapons, I think, that showed up in Mexico, crime scenes, obviously, that were on the list to be destroyed or ATF said had been destroyed. It's been a while. And they showed up in Mexico. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, are you aware of um, any more good or bad legislation that might be proposed in the next session? Well, I'm, you know, there's going to be a lot both sides. Are you working with anybody on anything? Um, I'm working with Dale on, on a couple things that we try to get passed, but we're unable to do it. But, but yeah, there's uh, December 1st is uh, coming up rapidly in, two, what, two weeks? 12 days, something like that. And um, that's when uh, pre-filing starts. So it'll be something to watch out for. I guess in three weeks from now, we'll be able to talk about some of the bills that are... You'll go out. through that and, and give us an update? You bet. Be glad to do that. All right. That's if, good. I, if I can find my keys to get to the studio. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't think the uh, anti-gun folks are going to file a bunch of bills in two oh, weeks, do you? No doubt in my mind. They always do. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it, it's sad because some people see that and go, oh my God, they're going to do X. I'm like... That was filed by somebody in the minority. It's an extraordinary, I mean, it's an extreme bill. It's dead on arrival. Don't pay any attention to that. Right. So oh, it just, it's just to send a message to their base that they're, oh, yeah. they're holding on. Yeah. 
Kind of like the Suppressor Freedom Act? Sort of, yeah. Chuck, the... Um the uh, actually, Chuck. Never mind. I, the, whatever it was, I was going to ask is uh, squirrel gone. It's a it's a Joe Biden moment. Sorry. Uh, let's. It was about legislation. I can't remember what the hell it was. Oh, all right. Let me do this because I wanted to ask this earlier in the program. Didn't get a chance to. There was a video that I saw uh, on YouTube, and it's probably been three or four years. And there is a guy who had, and I think it was former law enforcement. He had an AR-15. And in front of us, uh, in front of the camera, he converted it so that it looked like a regular rifle. And I don't, I don't remember um, what the rifle was, but they were both fully functioning semi-automatic rifles. Started off looking like an AR-15 normally does, and ended up with you know the furniture on it. And have you, have any of you guys seen that video? I have not. I have not. I haven't seen the video, but it sounds like the Ruger Ranch rifle. I don't know. The, I, I remember you played us a video where somebody was converting their airsoft gun into a real gun, and that was laughable. <laughs> but, I mean, Ruger makes a, a rifle that shoots two twenty three or five five six, the same as most ARs. Um, and traditionally, for years, it was made with, you know, wood furniture, just uh, looks like a hunting rifle. And then in the last decade or so, they've started making them in black tactical look. And you put them side by side, and people go, oh, that one's an assault weapon, and the other one's a hunting rifle. So yeah. It's the exact same yeah. rifle, that's just this, a different stock and grip. That's what this guy was demonstrating. Uh, and I, I wish I could find that video again. If anybody out there can find that video, uh, send me a link. Uh, just put it at, uh, go to GaryNolan.com and uh, put it in a link and send it to me. Because that's the video that I think people on the left need to see and and not only the people on the left but just everyday citizens who for some reason have been convinced that there's some huge ugly truth to semi-automatic rifles that look like an ar-15 that doesn't apply to a regular rifle i mean it's it's ridiculous they function identically they just look different so i don't know if anybody could find that video Send me the link. I'd love to see. It. I, I actually have a uh, AR-10. It's the 308, and I have a uh, 308 Winchester rifle. They shoot the same round, and I've shot deer with both of them. And one is a AR style Diamondback uh, model. And uh, last year I was trying to poke liberals on Facebook after I shot the deer. Uh, you know, I had it. Posed with the AR-10 sitting there, that mean-looking, terrible uh, semi-automatic rifle, and uh, nobody entertained me, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it's, it's the same rifle; it's the exact yeah. same thing. And the question is, even if they saw the video, would they change their mind? I um, mean, there are those who are in the camp of, you know, my mind is already made up. Don't confuse me with facts. Well, there there are so many people out there who aren't. Uh, who aren't familiar uh, with everything that we're talking about. They've not been exposed to it, and they buy into these arguments from the left. And, and it, to a certain extent, we make the mistake of using their terminology. Uh, it's been pointed out in the program before. I think Garson pointed it out uh, in the past that we'll, we'll call an AR-15 an assault rifle when it's not an assault rifle. That's a term that's made up by the anti-gun people. So we, you know, there's some things that maybe we can do to help uh, educate 
and I think you know that same thing applies to AK forty seven. You know, if you say AK forty seven, people are like, oh my god, you know that's a that's a killing machine, a war weapon that no one should have. It's like it picked up that name, I guess, or that that uh, reputation from movies or something. It's just a different kind of rifle, shoots a somewhat different round. Um, doesn't mean it's a fully automatic machine gun. Well, an, an AK-47 is a machine gun, but there's well, very the, few of them here in the U.S. Yeah, the, most, the, of, most of the semi-auto versions are AKMs or or another name. It looks the same, but just like the M16 and the AR-15, it's functionally different, even though they a, appear to be the same gun. Yeah, yeah. You've shot them both, right? Which one do you prefer to shoot with? Um, AKs are cheaper to shoot, or had been cheaper to shoot until uh, we've banned all yeah, Russian ammo. For comfort and accuracy. Oh, comfort and accuracy, AR definitely, hands down. Yeah, I like that too. I also like the flexibility that you can do anything almost to an AR-15. But that being said, my Sig 551A1 is. AK like and it's more comfortable than either an AK or an AR and it is my favorite rifle. Hmm. Can you hook up a flamethrower to it though? Yes, I could. <laughs> if if only you could find one. Yeah. Cuz cuz the one that you got here apparently is is uh they're all sold. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll have more Monday or Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And what it, is that the Pulse Fire? Pulse Fire? Yeah. Uh, uh and it's UB, only like UBR what four hundred fifty bucks? Four four forty. Four forty, or four thirty seven ninety nine. I guess if you want to be technical. What if they ask for the Gary Nolan discount? Then it's four eighty. Four eighty. Okay. No, that's the Scott Van Kirk discount. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Gary Nolan discount. The price goes down. <laughs> hey guys, thank you for coming in. We got to run. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby, honey, I love you.